millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The night was thick with tension as we stood on the precipice of the unknown. I was part of a team from the United States. Special forces sent deep into the heart of a remote forest to confront a menace that defied understanding. It all began with a chilling tale of military experiments gone terribly wrong. In the heart of the forest, a clandestine laboratory had unleashed an unthinkable horror upon the world. Genetic experience had given birth to monstrous abominations, creatures that existed only in the darkest corners of our nightmares. These entities, twisted by unnatural forces, roamed the forest with an insatiable hunger, preying on any unfortunate souls who ventured too close to their lair. 
who were not the first to confront this menace. A group of hikers, unsuspecting and unprepared, had stumbled upon the forest, unaware of the horrors that awaited them. Their terrifying encounter was a gruesome testament to the horrors that lurked within. The call had come in and our team was dispatched to deal with the nightmare that had been unleashed. Our mission was clear, eliminate the creatures, close the laboratory, and contain the insidious threat that had escaped. The forest was an unforgiving maze, its depths concealing the horrors that lurked within. Armed with advanced weaponry and a steely resolve, we advanced cautiously, our senses sharp, every rustle of leaves and snap of twigs echoing through the forest, sending shivers down our spines. The creatures emerged from the shadows, grotesque and nightmarish. They were twisted and deformed, a fusion of biology and unbridled madness. But our training had prepared us for the worst, and we engaged them with a determination born of necessity. In the heart of the battle, we fought against the unnatural horrors, each moment a test of our resolve and courage. The forest became a battlefield, and the night was filled with the roar of gunfire and the guttural cries of the creatures. As the night wore on, we pushed deeper into the forest, hunting down every abomination that crossed our path. The creatures, for all their monstrous strength, could not withstand the coordinated onslaught of trained soldiers. Finally, we reached the source of the horror, the laboratory hidden deep within the forest. We destroyed it, ensuring that the experiments that had created these monstrosities would never happen again. With the laboratory in ruins, we knew that the threat had been contained. Our mission was a success, and the forest, once a place of unspeakable terror, was freed from the grip of the unknown predator. As we stood among the ruins of the laboratory, we knew that we had done what was necessary to protect our world from the horrors of unchecked science. A mission had been a grim one, but we had faced the darkness and emerged victorious. The laboratory was no more, the creatures were eradicated, and the forest was at peace once more. Our duty was fulfilled and we left the forest knowing that we had closed the chapter on a nightmare that should never have been. While performing the Queen's Guard duty at Windsor Castle in the United Kingdom, we guards have our own time to relax after the castle closes to the public. During the night, there have been a couple of occasions where the faint sound of an organ could be heard emanating from inside an unoccupied part of the castle. These occurrences happened when there were no royals in residence, and despite police officers and guards searching the premises, nothing was ever found. There are also stories of a soldier who tragically took his own life in the rear gardens decades ago. Many claim to have seen his ghostly figure standing in windows at night, although personally, I haven't witnessed such sightings. Additionally, being on guard duty at the Tower of London can be incredibly eerie, especially when patrolling alone at night. The feeling of being watched from every angle is quite unsettling. I had the opportunity to speak with a laid-off forestry worker who was enrolled in the Displaced Workers program at Lane Community College. He had a remarkable story to share, one that sent chills down my spine. This encounter took place back in the early 90s, and it involved him, a co-worker, embarking on a fishing trip. As they made their way, up a rugged dirt road alongside a peaceful creek, they heard an unusual splashing sound that immediately caught their attention. Intrigued, they followed the noise until they emerged from the dense forest, and that's when they saw it. A Bigfoot standing in the creek just about a hundred feet away. 
Time seemed to freeze as their eyes locked with the mysterious creature. They stood in awe, unable to comprehend the sight before them. It was a moment of intense curiosity mixed with fear. And without exchanging a word, uh, they both knew it was time to retreat. Uh, their hearts pounding, they raced back towards their pickup truck, navigating through the dense forest and up an embankment that led to the road. Uh, adrenaline fueled their every step. Um, the memory of that creature's piercing gaze fueled their determination to escape its presence. As he scrambled to climb into the truck, a worker couldn't resist stealing a quick glance down the embankment. What he saw chilled him to the core. The Bigfoot had followed them, its eyes fixated on their every move, it peered up at them, its large hand gently holding up a branch as if inquisitively studying them. And the worker's mind raced with a mix of astonishment, confusion, and a touch of terror. How could something so seemingly mythical be standing there, observing them with such curiosity? With no time to ponder further, he hastily jumped into the safety of the truck and together they sped away from that haunting scene. The memory of that encounter has stayed with him ever since, a constant reminder of the unknown and the mysteries that exist beyond our understanding. Um, it's a tale he often reflects upon, wondering about the nature of that elusive creature and the secrets it holds within the depths of the forest. In sharing this extraordinary story, the worker left me with a lingering sense of wonder and a profound respect for the mysteries of the natural world. Um, sometimes the most astonishing encounters happen when we least expect them, forever altering our perception of what is possible. I grew up listening to the airy tales and legends that were woven into the very fabric of our small Irish village. One story that I still vividly remember is that of the widower and his late wife. So um, in our village, there lived a couple who had a beautiful house, but never had any children. The wife's death hit the husband hard, leaving him a cloud of sorrow. She was buried far away, almost on the outskirts of another city. Yet, whispers began to spread that the wife was visiting her husband every night, even in death. Residents living near the widower's house reported a terrible stench in the early hours, accompanied by mournful moans echoing through the darkness. They claimed to have seen a decaying figure entering the house on several occasions. Fearful of what might happen, the neighbors warned the widower about the strange nightly visitor. Hay, however, did not experiencing anything unusual. Suspicions grew among the villagers who believed that the widower was hiding a macabre secret relationship with his deceased wife. One fateful night, they saw the rotting woman covered in mud and dressed in rags wandering close to the houses before making her way to the widower's home. As dawn broke, the villagers found muddy footprints leading inside the house. Yet the widower still denied the rumors. No one could ever prove that it was indeed the late wife visiting her husband. But the legend persisted, and it's said that after the widower passed away, the ghostly woman was never seen again. Stories like these are a testament to the rich folklore that makes Ireland so enchanting. From tales of gnomes, elves, and leprechauns, there is no shortage of strange and mysterious beings that capture our imaginations. As I've grown older, I've come to appreciate these stories even more, recognizing that there is far more to the world than what meets the eye. 
And though these tales may send shivers down our spines, they also serve as a reminder of the magic and wonder that lie just beneath the surface of our everyday lives. One night about 3 a.m. while walking home from work to our apartment in Century Towers, Pitt Street, Sydney, we saw what we jokingly refer to as Man Bat. We live in the then new Century Towers on the 52nd floor and staying close to work. Uh, one of our businesses was the Penthouse Gentlemen's Club, a 24-7 day business that we normally took turns to manage, hence we kept an apartment in the busy city. My business partner, Michael, was an accomplished accountant. He finished second in the country in tax law and has an IQ of 185. I'm a more normal bloke who had a background in security and also owned a demolition company in Adelaide, South Australia. My point is we were both business type guys who, although drink on occasion, are not drug users and were very sober on this occasion. Anyhow, that night we were walking home casually enjoying some friendly banner about our day in work. As we crossed the side street to our building, I happened to look up and only about one level or story above us, I clearly saw this humanoid creature gliding with wings fully outstretched. Um, the wings were of membrane type appearance and the head was scoping left to right as it glided around the corner of the opposite building to our apartment. The head or face wasn't human. It looked a little bit cone-shaped maybe even slightly reptilian, and I didn't see the eye color. Quite frankly, I was in shock and scared at the same time. It seemed that Michael and I quickened our stride toward our own building, and I already had my pass in hand to swipe the security device to open the doors to our foyer. Meanwhile, we both stopped talking as we hurried into the well-lit lobby. We both acknowledged the night manager's security on the way to the elevators. Once inside the lifts, Michael turned to me and said in a higher than normal excited voice, Did you see that? What the F was that? I don't know what it was and it was many years ago now in 2005. On occasion, I've Google searched to see if anyone else has ever reported something similar and today is the first time I have being your videos. I have studied various religions, their origins, and Gnostic teachings for many years and have my own theories, but it's all guessing really. Anyhow, thought I'd tell you for your own reference. Went on a five-day gold painting trip with a couple buddies of mine. We drove six hours down unused logging roads. We're talking totally overgrown roads with trees having to be removed from the road to pass. We saw not one human the entire time we were out there, except for on the third night at 3 a.m. we were sitting around the fire, drinking some beers, swatting at bugs and shooting the shit when I hear something. I look over and notice some light in the trees. What the? It's a truck driving up the logging road. We had cleared ourselves to get there at 3 a.m. The truck gets up to where we are, pulls into where we made camp, i.e. a small turnoff spot for logging trucks. Sits there for 10 seconds while we all kind of stare in shock at one another. I get up and start walking towards the truck to say hello and ask what the heck they are doing out at 3 a.m. on abandoned logging roads. 
when the truck just backs up, turns around, and drives off the way it came. The guys just drove six hours down, logging roads all through the night, sees us and leaves without saying a word. We are all sitting there going, uh, what the F? We all figured this guy was driving down the road, getting out and coming back to kill us in our sleep. Next morning, we head down the road and nothing. They didn't set up camp or anything, just left. We figured we were likely camped out near a girl up for one of the gangs. Hell's Angels, most likely. And they were coming out to check who would come out to their spot, or they were there to pick the crop in the middle of the night. I've told this story before, but never to anyone I love so deeply. So here goes. In the fifth grade, I was a huge scaredy cat. The dark absolutely terrified me because I had an overactive imagination, and in those silent, pitch black moments, my mind would just conjure up the worst possible scenarios. So one night I woke up in a cold sweat, my digital clock displaying 2 a.m. in its eerie green glow. As I peered over the edge of my bed, I saw what I can only describe as a figure garbed in a blood-soaked red robe. Its face was obscured by a large golden mask that reflected the dim light from the moon outside. It was a sight that still haunts my dreams. The figure stood there, silent as a grave, just staring at me from behind the mask. I laid there for what felt like an eternity, my heart pounding in my chest. Then, to my sheer terror, it dropped the mask on the floor, revealing a grotesque face underneath. The face was pale, almost luminescent, its eyes too big for a human, and it wore a sinister smile. As if this sight wasn't horrifying enough, it started laughing a cold, menacing laugh that echoed around my room and seemed to penetrate my very soul. For about 10 agonizing minutes, the figure faded slowly, still laughing, until it was gone, leaving me in the chilling darkness. Now frozen by fear, I stayed in my bed for what felt like an eternity. Then adrenaline kicked in and I bolted from my room, racing to the sanctuary of my parents' room. Of course, they were as terrified as I was, though more from my state than the story I recounted. Next day, my parents asked Officer Dane, our neighbor and the town's most trusted cop, to come over and check things out. He was the kind of guy who'd seen it all, a comforting presence who never dismissed anything, no matter how far-fetched it sounded. I remember sitting there, nervously picking at the threads of my sleeve as I relieved my nightmarish experience to him. People have told me in the recent past that what I experienced sounds like sleep paralysis, but I distinctly remember sitting up slightly, rubbing my eyes, and then seeing that horrid figure. To this day, the memory of that red robed figure sends shivers down my spine, and sometimes in the dead of the night, I still feel the echoes of that cold, menacing laugh. Um, but having someone like Officer Dan around, even if just to hear me out, made it a bit more bearable. I have been working on cleaning up a property that I recently purchased for a lakeside cabin. I've spent the last three weekends there since the purchase. Um, so far has just been junk removal and cleaning. Um, I brought a lot of tools and some general supplies as well. Almost as soon as I started cleaning, I noticed messes I didn't make or things knocked over. I have a fairly large pile of junk wood and garbage outside and every morning. It's all flipped over like someone has been going through and moving everything around. 
On my second weekend out, my circular saw went missing after I forgot it outside. I am on a fairly large property, not 23 acres, and there's no neighbors for a good distance. I got pretty worried that there could be squatters on the property, so I set up a trail cam outside pointed towards the trash pile. The Sunday night I heard a huge slam and then what almost sounded like a young girl giggling. After that, there was nothing. I went out to find trash moved all over. A bucket was moved at least 20 feet, and I found some little gold bracelet put inside of it that was not there before. My trail. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cam is gone, but it sinks to the cloud through a cell network, so I was able to get the single picture it took. I literally have no idea what to think or do. The first thing I notice is the raccoon or something similar standing over the bucket just staring at the camera. Even though it's kind of creepy, I felt relieved that it's just an animal. And then yesterday, I noticed the face behind. What the F is that? Seriously, what am I looking at? Is it a person, a doll, a child, someone in a mask? I'm scheduled to head back tomorrow morning for the weekend again, but I just need some answers. Hey there, let me share some intriguing experiences I had growing up in southern New Hampshire, particularly in East Derry. My childhood home was situated on a quiet cul-de-sac with a police captain and a detective as our neighbors. Living in that house was eventful to say the least with a multitude of strange occurrences tied to its very essence. One of the most peculiar phenomena I encountered was the presence of a shadow person manifesting itself in the likeness of my family members. Even years later, after we had moved away, my older brother confided in me, saying, Whatever it was, it seemed to have taken a liking to you. This brings me to one of the many stories I have from that time. My best friend, who lived just five houses down, had parents who owned a pop-up camper. It was parked to the side of their porch, with its door serving as the family's main entrance. Being curious 12-14 year olds, we often had sleepovers in the camper with other kids from the neighborhood. During one of these nights, we had an experience that continues to haunt me. On this particular occasion, it was just my friend and me. Uh, as girls of that age, we would often bicker over trivial matters. That night, it was about a piece of gum she threw to me, which ended up getting lost between the mattresses and the lining of the camper. She was unwilling to give me another piece, which sparked a heated argument between us. As we went back and forth, our voices growing louder, an eerie silence suddenly enveloped us. 
out of nowhere. We both heard the distinct sound of footsteps pacing around the camper. Then came the voices. Um, it's difficult to put into words, but it felt as if someone was whispering right beside us. Yet the voice carried a strange distance. It was a male voice speaking in a language we couldn't comprehend. Um, we exchanged worried glances, and I recall my friend hastily taking off her socks. They were new, fuzzy, and mine. We didn't want them getting ruined, you know. Without further ado, we sprinted the 15 feet to the side door, hurried inside, and raced up the stairs to her room, clutching the house phone along the way. Given that her parents were heavy drinkers, we didn't want to disturb them, so we did the only logical thing and called my house instead. My mom, concerned for our safety, drove around the neighborhood twice, but upon returning, she assured us she saw nothing out of the ordinary. We were so spooked by the incident that we decided to sleep on the floor next to each other. It just so happened that our sleeping spot was beneath the window overlooking her front yard. Before we eventually drifted off to sleep, we both distinctly recall hearing the sound of raking or digging. This story dates back nearly 20 years now, but to this day, I remain friends with my childhood best friend. Whenever I recount this tale or any of the other strange occurrences from that time, she can always vouch for me. We shared an unexplainable bond during those unforgettable years. ID D-Stary seemed to be a hub for bizarre happenings. Numerous peculiar events took place in that town, leaving indelible mark on our memories. When I was backpacking on the Appalachian Trail, I was laying in my tent at night listening to the rain. I heard what sounded like someone walking on gravel and saw a light flashing through my tent. Uh, the flashing was slow, like a headlamp going behind tree, then being seen again. The sun had just gone down, so I thought it was another hiker was coming up to the otherwise empty shelter site. I unzipped my tent to look, and there was nothing there. I was coyote hunting, I'm Northern California, and as some might, I know Northern California is not like Central and Southern California. Um, there's a lot less people and a lot more wilderness. So anyways, we were out in this clearing with a coyote called Just Playing It. We're trying to lure some in when we see a dull red light about 100 yards up the road. It was odd cause none of us had lasers or flashlights on our rifles so we couldn't figure out what it was. About 30 seconds later a shot rings out over our heads. We all jumped into the truck and hauled ass toward him i.e. only way out of the woods from where we are. Spotlighting the sides of the road try and see him but saw nothing. Easily the scariest night of my life. I work on the woods full time and have never been that terrified. We were camping for a week in an area that we always camped at. One day, me and my mom decided to go for a walk in the afternoon campsite. It was really bushy. And all of a sudden, there's this loud scream and sounds like a child screaming. And me and my mom were trying to find where this uh, screaming is coming from because it sounded like a child screaming. And we're worried that he or she is hurt. All of a sudden, there's this lady that comes out of nowhere and is walking towards the screaming really calmly and slowly. And she then is gone from our sight. 
the screaming just stops and it's really quiet for a long time. Then the screaming starts up all again and we can hear her saying stuff, but we can't make it out because we were far away. That all stops again and five minutes has passed and we can't hear anything. Then we see the lady come out with this little boy in her arms and there are two other kids following behind her and their faces are white as a ghost and their facial expressions are blank and they are walking out calmly and slowly and just walk away like nothing happened and me and my mom just ran the F out of there. It was just creepy and it started to get really dark. The next day we were talking to other people and they said they heard the screaming too and we all decided to go and investigate the place where they were. There was nothing there but a small clearing looking out at a shit ton of trees and scary looking branches. We had a really bad feeling when we all went there and we all ran that away. Later that day, we hear that the people who are screaming have not been seen in a while, but everyone just thought they packed up and left the campsite. I still wonder today who and where they are. I was following my boyfriend to my college six hours away. Yeah, so we were in separate cars. We go on road trips often, but this time we were traveling at night. We had just gone through Nacogdoches on our way to Hawkins, Texas. So it was a two lane paved ride with no shoulder, only tall, thick trees surrounding the road. It's pretty creepy at night on its own, to be honest. You know, there's no cell phone signal and no one lives there unless you're deep in the woods. You're pretty much messed if you get in an accident late at night because someone would have to drive up on it. It was 2.30 a.m. and we were talking to each other on the phone. I was leading us and going around 80 miles per hour with my brights on. I go down a steep hill and suddenly an older, very tall, hillbilly looking man and a wife beater and overalls is standing in the middle of my lane and staring at me. I don't break whatsoever and scream what the F. So my boyfriend will know something's about to happen and back off. I've seen way too many scary movies to end up hanging by a hook in someone's cabin shed. Got me F up. I assume he could tell that I was just going to plow him or maybe he hoped that I would swerve into the trees last minute, but he suddenly moved just barely to the middle stripe, so I miss him. We made eye contact when my lights hit his face and approached him and what I felt really can't be described. At that time, my boyfriend passes by and freaks the F out. We stopped driving that way. We also stopped driving long distances at night. Only two explanations here, creepy murderer or meth. I was driving late night around 2-3 a.m. in upstate New York in a rural town close to Albany. I was with one of my exes at the time and we were exploring some back roads around our house out because I'd never been in that area before. There was this large tree with a slight clearing around it on my left with a large branch reaching out perpendicular to the road around six feet high. I noticed a blackish floating figure dart into the branch and then disappear. It gave me watery eyes and freaked me out for a bit, but I, I didn't know why. A second later, when I turned my head, there was nothing there, so I didn't mention anything to my ex because I thought I would sound crazy. I felt a deep fear just looking at the tree and kept driving. About five men later, after coming down the hill, my ex turned to me and said that someone had died in a motorcycle accident back on the hill years ago and ended up getting decapitated. Chills ran down my spine and I told her what I saw. 
She didn't believe me, so I said, let's go back and I bet I can pick out the spot. We turned around and drove back up the hill and I picked out the exact spot it happened at. I don't really believe in ghosts, so this whole experience shook me up pretty badly for a bit. I live in an area with one of the most haunted cemeteries known to America. Back in 8th grade, we had this state history project thing. I chose the cemetery. My dad had always told me about it and how his friends and him used to go there when they were in high school and how their teacher saw a ghost. Um, one of the main stories is an orb of light that will chase you out of the woods. Um, little backstory on the cemetery itself, it's pretty well secluded off a major street. You need to travel down a trail in the woods to reach it. Two major things about this though is one, they stopped burying people there a long time ago, and two, the secluded nature and hauntings have become a popular site for people to perform satanic rituals. And not talking about painting upside down crosses everywhere, I mean dead dogs and dug up graves. It is now illegal to go in there. Nevertheless, my father took me to go one day to take a few pictures and whatnot. It was around noon when we went. We walked around, took some pictures, wrote some notes, etc. Nothing out of the ordinary. I was really hoping to find a ghost though. Uh, one of the famous tales is a full body ghost appearing midday. So after about an hour or so, my dad decides that was enough and takes us home. I was disappointed. I didn't watch anything. Um, when we got home, I was still stewing over this. Um, I wanted to find something. So I decided it was a bright idea to go back. My dad was busy around the house and it wasn't odd for me to go out at that time saying I was hanging out with friends. So I rode my bike back, stare camera in hand. I walked down the trail and got to the gate, setting my bike down on a tree that had fallen on the fence. By this time, it was about six sun starting to settle down. The trees around blocked all light though, so the only illumination was a dim light from the surrounding sky. At this point, I'm already thinking this is a bad idea. I still remember my knees beginning to physically shake if I stood still. Stupid me though, still thought to go further in the cemetery though. I walked around a bit more until it became too much and I had to get out. I turned around and sped, walked it back to the front gates where I left my bike and the tree was a knife jammed into it right by my bike, which I knew I would have seen. I don't think I've ridden a bike so fast in my life. The trail was so uneven and mangled I crashed and still have the scar on my leg. Never told my parents. Said I'd, I fell in the street or something. I only went back one other time with a group of my friends in high school and I made sure I was with a majority of the group the entire time. A house say my brother's place one summer while he and his now wife took their camper cross country. They lived deep in the hills of Western Mass down two miles of dirt road in a tiny, cozy, creepy hunting cabin built in the 1700s. No neighbors for at least a mile in any direction. It was lovely, booming stereo system, outdoor hot tube, um, the kind of place a 20-year-old could host two weeks of weed and acid field group sex. And then after the first two weeks, I was burnt out. I needed a break. 
A couple buddies came up to BBQ and smoke, and then I was alone with my little family. Two dogs, four cats, in the middle of nowhere, totally alone. I popped in a movie, cranked the stereo, and zoned out. All of a sudden, all the pets got up in unison and rushed to one of the windows. No barking, no panic, just a creepy group trot to go. Stare out into the darkness and then suddenly to another window. Uh, I flipped on the outdoor floodlights, which just reinforced the darkness of the surrounding woods. I was on the second floor, but it was hardly reassuring. Putting on a thriller was an unwise choice. Just as my brain was processing the fact that there were no locks on the doors, something hit the house. Hard. Wump. The entire old structure shuddered and my stomach churned. There were black bears out here, but it didn't sound like a black bear. It sounded like a 20-foot pillow had hit the house. I couldn't tell what side it came from. I hit the off button on the stereo and crept toward the window when suddenly, again, whoomp. Pictures shook. Something fell over in the little TV room. The pets were still nonchalantly, all looking out at nothing, seemingly unfazed by the noise. I waited, now ready to piss myself. I didn't have a car up here, just a smallish motorcycle. And even then, I didn't want to go outside. High as all get out, I decided to call the local cop, who was unimpressed by being woken up to hear my shit. Well, what do you want me to do? You don't see anything outside, didn't? Just dark woods. Did I want him to come out? I had so much weed up there. He sounded relieved when I said I'd wait it out. If it gets dire, call the state barracks, okay? Not he mumbled. It didn't happen again. I didn't sleep. Huddled in the TV room with a .22 pistol, paranoid, absolutely freaked out. I waited till dawn. When the sun came up, I ventured out. Nothing but a sparkling June morning. I made sure I had at least one friend up every night for the rest of my stay. I was coyote in the dark, maybe 3 a.m. I am not one of weak stomach. I work with pigs. I smell this rotting, disgusting, horrible smell. I find a nearby small cave and look inside. There were maybe six dead coyotes and just gore, bloody shit, and body parts. Some of it was human. I then heard struggled breathing and hacking coughing. Armed with a semi-automatic shotgun, I was not afraid until I saw this thing. Pasty white, hairless, ugly. It was similar to the made-up rake, but this was real. I aimed and fired twice. It was about 15 feet away. It recoiled and ran off, screeching as it ran. I paged the local ranger office. They sent out a recovery team, and police showed up later. I was questioned, and the cave was discovered, and the human parts recovered. The area was locked off from public access for a while.